record to the cloud with the paid version. Wow. I know. Look at us. We have no time limit now. I don't even know where that goes. <laughs> where's where's Zoom cloud at? I don't know, but you got to make sure <laughs> that we have it. Well, I didn't. I recorded it to my computer, so we're good. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, we're here again. Um, and today I wanted to talk about development. I wanted to talk about um, people that are looking to get software developed or an app developed, starting a new company, um, what they need to do. Because I get a lot of calls, I get a lot of questions and emails about people that have this crazy idea or this great idea that they want to start a software company or even bigger companies that saying, Hey, I want to bring, instead of using Salesforce, I want to build my own CRM system in house or whatever it is. So I wanted to kind of discuss, um, how to get it done and where do you start? Because a lot of people is like, well, I got this idea. What do I do next? Especially if you don't have a tech background. So for those of you that don't know, um, I actually, my, my background's in computer science, in programming and development. I started programming when I was very young um, and I just know how to get it done. I mean, I, from a framework standpoint, um, the languages that you want to use, the database that you want to use, how to get it done. And um, I think the biggest thing that most people try to do is when they get an idea, they're like, okay, I have a great idea. And then they, they, they tell their friends or they tell their coworkers or something like that, right? And the next thing that they wanna do is, okay, well, how do I even start this? And they start questioning it. And um, the biggest factor in it all is cost. And people try to you know, yeah, find yeah. someone that's a freelancer or someone overseas to build their software. And, and then um, they spend X amount of money overseas, they get it developed, it doesn't work right. An amateur built it. Um, and it never gets off the ground. So uh, most tech companies, software companies, app ideas fail because of that reason. And it's because, you know, maybe they had a little nut egg of money that they were going to spend on development. And then they developed with someone that wasn't qualified to do it. Or, you know, they, they took shortcuts around to do it. The user interface wasn't great. And then users don't use the platform. And so I wanted to hit on that a little bit today. So, so you know, we get a lot of calls and I get some calls as far as mobile app ideas or software ideas or, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, maybe they have a little bit of money, they, they get funded, uh, they have an investor, family investors, whatever. And then they're like, well, what do I do next? Well, for me, it really is going to depend on, you know, what the software is, what their idea is, but also, you know, how much money do they have as far as investment goes and what is the next step from there? So I think, um, what people need to basically draw down is, okay, you have a software idea. Let's break it down to pros and cons of the software. What is this software going to do? How is it going to work? What, it, what kind of problem does it solve? Mm -hmm. uh, and then from there, you need to look at the market and see if there's competitors because, and if there's something already similar to it or someone that can easily build it, I don't know if it's worth the investment to jump into it. Um, yeah. but I've always, always believed in just because there's a software out there that does it right now doesn't mean that you can't develop something that's similar um that's easier to use and even if it's just by a, a step or two like you know there's a lot of things out there that from a software standpoint you know people use it because they have to use it and all that but if you came out with something that is the exact same but you cut out two steps 
people will move over to your software just to get rid of those two steps that they don't have to do and it's automated. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So yep. um, I think I think instead of always thinking of, oh, what's the next social media platform that's gonna work like TikTok and I'll I'll think of it and then come out, it it doesn't have to be like that. You know, it, it doesn't have to be, it could be something that's already out and you build something that just solves maybe the smallest problem or the uh, two problems or whatever it is. And, you know, you build it out. Sorry, I have my dog barking right now. Um, Nala, I'm on a podcast. It's a quality, quality pod right here. <laughs> um, but with that being said, I think, um, you know, let's just say I have an idea and I called you and I was ready to go and I'm telling you about my idea. You're like, oh, it's a great idea. And I have some money and I don't know what to do. So um, the first thing is to write down the problem, what you're solving. The second thing is then is to start talking to people or, or looking at competitors or the market and see if things, mm-hmm. seeing if anything is familiar. And then the third thing is, is start figuring out what the cost is going to be. And I think, um, especially if you're not a techie guy that's starting a software company, it gets very, very difficult because you have to bring in someone that is qualified that you trust, um, and that can get the job done. And so, um, once that happens, so you, you call a bunch of different agencies, you call a bunch of different development companies. My biggest advice to people is to find someone that's, you know, local to you that you trust that is able to build this, that has credibility. Um, and then after that, you find out the cost, um, and depending on the cost and depending on the software, I would always allocate it probably around a hundred to $200,000 just for the MVP. And for those people that don't know what an MVP is, it's a minimal viable product. And what that means is that you're going to build an app or you're going to build the software in its most bare, um, functionality so that it works, that users can use it, but it doesn't have all the bells and whistles to it just so that you can prove whether it's to future investors or investors in general, or to your current customers or building a customer base that it's a functional platform that people like. And so you minimize the risk there based on cost, instead of spending a million dollars to build out the whole platform where you don't know if people are going to like it. Um, you don't know if the partner that you're using is going to like it. So you, you minimize cost there in risk. Um, so that would be the next step. So you, okay, great. So, you know, now that you need to, you have an idea, you know what to do, and then you need to build that MVP, right? Well, then people are like, well, how do we start building the MVP? So once you find the right partner, um, you know, you basically wireframe this whole thing out. And this would be the step one of it where, you know, you talk about the functionality of the app, what the problem solves and all of that. And then using an agency or using someone, you basically map out step-by-step of what this app does or what the software does. So, you know, you hit this website or you hit, you open up the app, you log in, you create an account. And then from there, where does it go? Does it go to a dashboard? You see certain things that you want to see. And then from there, every single button, every single click, every single feature has to be mapped out in this wireframe, okay? So that you understand the user interface and the user flow before it's actually being built. So yeah, after after the wireframing, 
you know, then you go into the UI UX design of it. Right. And so our design team comes in and based on the flow, we start designing out how it's going to work, um, what it's going to look like, um, the different functionality it's going to have and all that. And that's actually done in wireframing too. It basically says on this page, you know, these are the functionalities that needs to be done. Once the design is done, then you go into uh, sprints based on the functionality. And so your design or your development team comes in, creates the sprints for specific features, functions, all of that. Um, build out each page because we have the design of it, um, how it's all mapped together, create the database of everything. And essentially you have an MVP at the end of it. Um, and it takes a while. I mean, it'll probably take, you know, four five, six months to kind of get something that's, that's working. And, um, in most cases from what I've seen, as far as, you know, getting it done, once the MVP is done, you're able to then decide to test it in the market and get people to download it and use it. Um, or to use it as a tool to walk into a VC fund or, or PE fund or whatever it is to raise capital. Um, or you might just say, Hey, this looks great. I love it. People like it. And then, you know, you pay the rest to kind of continue building it out and then in the maintenance of it. So I think that's what comes into, you know, the development side of it, but I, I wanted to kind of pass it over to you because I believe that once it's done, it's built. And let's just say from an MVP standpoint, it's working, it's working great. Well, you have to get people to use it. Now what? Yeah. So um, I know obviously you have experience, you know, marketing apps and the difference between, you know, software and, and how to get users on it. Um, you know, there has to be a big sizable budget for marketing and then figuring out what you're willing to pay for every new customer on your software or your app. Um, which is yep. why Uber or DoorDash or whatever, they're like, hey, you get 25 free dollars when you sign up or, you know, obviously yep. the whole sports gambling world now, DraftKings and FanDuel, you're like, hey, you can do a bet and win $100 or, or whatever and we'll match it. So there's customer acquisition costs that you're going to have to pay in order to get customers onto your app. But the way that we've seen it is, is that, you know, for acquisitions, they're willing to pay 10 times what you typically would pay to get a new customer on your app. So um, I'll mm -hmm. pass it over to you and, and we can kind of go from there. Yeah. Well, I think, I think it all goes back to really what you were saying from the onset is you need to create an app that is going to have value to people regardless. If, if you're building or whatever it is that you're building, the value has to be there. So, you know, if you're approaching an app project and you've got like $10,000 and you're like, I want to build this app. Uh, you know, back up, you know, you're probably not ready to do this. Right. You know, right. it, it, it's a much bigger project than that. Anyone you're paying like $10,000 to, by the way, you know, good luck with that. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck with that. that that's probably not going to work out for you, but um, to get people to, to join your app, really, there has to be some kind of offer or value from, from the onset. And, you know, you can, you can see how an app might struggle if the community is a big feature of the app too. And, and a lot of apps have something like that. So, you know, you, you touched a little bit on, you know, someone having a big idea to come out with a new social media platform. Well, great. But number one, you're not going to be able to unsee Facebook right. and they're just going to copy all your features. But anyway, uh, let's say, you know, that's what you're doing and you have, and the community is a part of the app. Well, the community is not going to be there initially. 
So if you're counting on, you know, them dropping pins or, you know, things of that nature, like Waze does, you're not going to be able to do this, you know, just right off the bat. Like people won't do that. So how like do you get people The crowdsource data, right? The crowdsource data. Exactly. App, yeah. You need a user base. Exactly. Yeah. And a lot of apps need a user base to, to work properly. You know, like Uber's not going to function unless you have both drivers and customers. It's sort of a chicken and egg thing. Do you get, do you get drivers first? Do you get customers? You got to be able to service the customers that you get, but you're not going to get drivers if there's no one on there. So, you know, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough thing to do. And yeah, I recommend, you know, usually with apps, there's some sort of initial give take, you know, like you, you got to give initially and that adds to your initial investment that's going in all this. So you're on top of paying for the entire app, which is why I'm sure you recommend starting with an MVP because you can, you know, you can throw in all the bells and whistles, man, and pay all this development money and all that stuff. You still got to get users right. and you might as well start getting users from day one with a minimum viable product and then get feedback from them and, and use that to build out the rest of your app and all those features. Well, like the that. other thing that I want to bring up too, that drives me bonkers is that a lot of people, when they want to develop a software app, they want it perfect before it goes out, mm -hmm. right? They want it absolutely perfect. But the problem is, is that it's never going to be perfect. Never. They, it will never be perfect. And so when Facebook came out, when it first came out into what it is today, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's completely different. You won't even, even close. It. So, yeah. so what people need to understand is as long as it's functional and there's no bugs and people can use it, it's ready to go. It's ready to go for the market to test out. Mm -hmm. It does not need to be perfect um, yep. to get it done. So I just want to make sure people understand that like perfect is going to stunt everything for you. Um, so just keep that in mind for anyone that's listening here is like, you know, obviously you want to get it done right. You want to do a good job, but it's never going to be perfect uh, with the first initial release. It's just not. Yeah. And I think, you know, to piggyback off that good, good enough is usually good enough to start anything. Right. Like anything in the, the marketing world, anything in the business world, good enough is what you should aim for to start always because speed is a factor that people don't often factor in every day that you wait, you're, you're leaving, you're leaving it on the table. You know, there's someone's going to eventually penetrate the space doing the same thing that you're doing. And that one day can, can, you know, they compound it's right. like compound interest, you know, one day in the beginning, sure. Not that you don't have any users, you know, whatever, nothing's happening, but one day, six years from now after you've been running your business and you've got like a huge flywheel going all these people are coming like that's a big deal so launch as soon as possible always right, right. and then get feedback because what you think might be perfect might not be perfect you know right. your idea right. of perfect is and, and that's what i always i mean not to take this out you know zoom out too far here but like regarding anything with marketing how the hell do you know what perfect is right ever no one knows what perfect is until you run something and you see the data come back and you, you then you, you, you know, make revisions from there. So it's the same kind of concept. Right. Is that really, I agree. And then the last thing I want to touch on too is what people don't understand. And this is more just granular into the app side of they want to build an app. Okay. 
Great. Well, there's two platforms that you need to be on Android and iOS, right? And Apple. Mm -hmm. Problem is, is that iOS, Apple has their own framework, which is called a, a Objective C and Swift. That's their framework. That's what you need to build on to be a native app on Apple. Android uses Java, which is open source, and that's the platform that they're on. So technically, it's two separate apps. Now, obviously, there's frameworks out there um, that basically you're able to upload to both with building only one app, but it's not native. It's not native to the operating system of each, you know, uh, to each operating system, essentially. Um, so when people build out apps, they're always like, well, you know, I either want it to go on both platforms because you reach more people and it's on Android and Apple. Um, or, you know, they think that, you know, we're just building one app and they, it, we have to charge for two apps because it's really two separate apps. So um, with that being said, there's a lot of use case scenarios where you don't need to be on both platforms at first. If it were me, I'd always start on the Apple platform, the iOS platform, and build it out and MVP out on that platform and test the user base. There's enough user base on the Apple side to test it, see if it works. And if it works, Apple, then you can invest into the Android side and, and continue investing into the company. But you don't need both platforms and always go with a native platform because it just works better. It operates better. It's smoother. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's my last thing I wanted to touch on was start with one platform and MVP on one platform. You don't need to, especially if it's in the app space. Uh, look at clubhouse. Like clubhouse yep. is only on Apple and yep. that's how we're going to go about it. And now they're valued at four or five billion. So that's my two, two cents. Yeah, and, and I totally agree. And you know, going back to the marketing discussion, if you look at what Clubhouse did, right. they did a hell of a great job in marketing their app by making it exclusive. Right. And making it invite only to start. And you know, that drummed up a lot of us. Everyone wants an invite. Everyone wants what they can't have. So they everyone wants that exclusiveness too. I remember like messaging you and I was like, Yo, dude, give me on Clubhouse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seriously, I forgot how I even got an invite, but I got one early, and I was—I was, yeah. felt like the man. I was like, "Oh, yeah. you need an invite? I got it. Oh, I got invites. Yeah, yeah. that's great." But yeah, that's that, that status that's is huge. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, well, that's all, that's, I got, man. that's all I got. I keep hearing from the team that we should pose for thumbnails. So if you want to take a second here to, uh, I don't know how to pose. pose. You know? I don't know. I'm going to smile, I think. Oh, yeah, that was nice. That was good. All right, cool. See you later. All right, later. Bye.